The Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. Over the line, or throws it, he's in. A backhander and a save by Tony Esposito. Stan Mikita was a, a small guy, very cocky in those days. A right hand by Magnuson, and he puts that guy down. Magnuson trying to tear his hair out. NBC Chicago's James Naveau. Six seventy, the scores, hockey guy Jay Zawaski. Wire Podcasts. Game off the boards. He shoots. He's going down to the Tays. A game-winning goal. The Hawks live to fight another day. Rolling back. Sobel drives. Skipped it from Scott. The Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. Chicago's going to be in last place forever. Play the center for Tays. You got to break away. Tays to win the game. Hawks win. Hawks win. Jonathan Tays. Brought to you by Triple Threat Sports. Fry the Coop. And by the Cincinnati Law Group. Let's drop the puck. Welcome in. Welcome back, friends. Indeed, we are back. This is the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. My name is James Naveau from NBC5. With me, of course, as always, is the one and only Jay Zawoski of 670 Score, of the I'm Fat Podcast, of best-selling authorship of a lot of things. Male model? I think he's a male model, too. No. Jay does a lot of things, man. No, I don't. That is not one of them. I promise you no one wants that. <laughs> no one wants that. I pro- not only think my wife wants that. Actually, I know for a fact my wife doesn't want that. She probably yeah. There might be some <laughs> issues uh, down the line if you went in that direction, but nobody's judging you. This is a judgment-free zone here, man. I appreciate that. It's the one place I can come where I don't get judged. But thank you for tuning in. Make sure you're following us on all of our social media channels: Madhouse Pod on Twitter, Madhouse underscore Pod on Instagram, and the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast on Facebook. Check out our T Public Shop. Just opened up. Check the link in our bio for that. New sale coming next week, so keep an eye on that. Classic Tees will be $13, up to 35% off everything else. We'll tweet about it. We'll Instagram about it. That's why it's very important you follow our accounts. Make sure you are subscribed to the podcast. And if you'd like to leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, take a screenshot and send it to us, you will be entered to win a Madhouse Podcast prize pack. I know I've got some in the hopper that need to go out yet. Thank you to the people that have won and gotten back to me. I promise I'll get it out. Been dealing with some uh, off ice issues, uh, so to speak, over the last few weeks. Everything's fine, but just uh, you know, I've been really, really distracted with some off ice issues, as we put it. So it's it's you know what it's the right time of year, I guess. If there is a right time to be distracted by stuff, yes, it's the right time of year. It's August. It's hockey's kind of down season. We're you're good, buddy. Don't worry about it. Yeah, no, I know. I th- but we you know we did so many uh, podcasts in a row. I think we did what like three and four days or something like that. So we've got we've you know, built seven up a, and nine. I think yeah, <laughs> we've built up a little bit of credit with the audience. I hope so. We're back here after a two week hiatus. So thanks for being patient. Thanks for getting back to us. Got a tweet today from somebody just like me waiting on the Madhouse podcast, and it was lonely Mr. Bean. (laughs) I'm like, we're doing one tonight. I'm sorry. Um, But there's actually, you know, for it being the middle of August, there's some news to get to. Since we last spoke, a lot has happened. August 6th, Brandon Hagel signs a deal. August 10th, Mike Hardman signs a deal. August 16th, Alex Nylander signs a deal. Tony Esposito has passed away. Troy Murray has has, uh, come out and said he's been diagnosed with cancer. The Blackhawk scandal is still a raging fire. We're not going to do too much on that in this episode because next week we're going to have some very 
uh, Brad Aldrich focused episodes or episode. Rick Westhead has said he will join the show. We're going to talk to our guy, Kent Simpson of the Simpson Law Group to get his take on the whole thing. So if you're looking for Brad Aldrich contra- content, we will have it for you. But we're going to do a basically on ice episode today. So I think we should start, James, with the most recent news. Uh, on Monday, the Blackhawks announced they had signed Alex Nylander to a one-year deal. Uh, with a cap hit of $874,125. He will be a restricted free agent when that deal expires. And I think whatever you think of Alex Nylander, I didn't see anyone upset about that deal. It's a one-year deal. It's a show-me deal. And uh, for a 23-year-old, I'm going to go ahead and say it. I think that he will have a pretty decent year this year. And, uh, you know, I think, I don't know if he's going to create them a problem, in terms of his next deal, but uh, I don't know. I, I expect this to be a pretty decent and motivated year from Alex Nylander. Well, and obviously, if it isn't, then all Stan Bowman has to do is bury him in Rockford, and he won't have to worry about that cap hit. I mean, he's barely making above NHL minimum on that deal. I think that after missing all of last season and after some of the struggles that he had at times during the 2019-2020 season, I think that it's entirely fair that Alex Nylander signed for less than 900 K. I think that that was um, a good amount of money for him, for a guy who did have 10 goals and 16 assists in his last full uh, season of play. Um, I, I obviously have been kind of low on Nylander. I know that I'm, you know, generally Johnny uh, downturn or uh, frown or whatever you want to call me. <laughs> Johnny, um, Johnny, downturn. Johnny downturn. That's the, me. The most, uh, the most uh, <laughs> obscure GI Joe character. <laughs> GI Joe. Um, hey, I'm Johnny just... downturn. Everything sucks. <laughs> All right, Johnny. We know. Thank you. I listened to a lot of Nirvana when I was in the service. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, just obviously the issue I've had with Nylander is I just I think he's inconsistent. I think that his game uh, would require him to be a top six forward, but he hasn't put the production out there to warrant inclusion in that type of group. And I think that, as you said, if he does end up coming out extremely motivated this season and he has a really good year and makes his way into that top six and is making a big impact for the Blackhawks, it's obvious a massive bargain and then if he doesn't just send him down to Rockford and send him on his merry way I think that the Blackhawks did the right thing in terms of the finances I'm glad that Nylander agreed to the deal and now as you said it's prove it time dude put up or shut up well look that's always been the issue with Nylander has been motivation and if he lacks it this year he's never gonna find it because again one year deal a show me deal with a ton of competition on the bottom six on this team with Borgstrom and Gaudette and Kara and, uh, you know, Brett Connolly is even sort of in the picture there. And you've got a bunch of other minor leaguers who are, you know, Lucas Reichel is in the in the hunt. Mike Hardman, who we mentioned, you still have Evan Barrett looking to make a step up on this team. Mackenzie Entwistle. There are a lot of guys that are vying very hard for that last roster spot. So, while Neilander maybe gets the edge early because of pedigree, because of what the Blackhawks gave up to get him and Henry Yokoharu, and because of, you know, just kind of the output he's had already, maybe he gets the advantage, but they're they're not married to him anymore. You know, I think there's enough time has passed and the Hawks have made enough moves where people are not gonna really and who look, who cares if they freak out, right? Um <laughs> Stan Bowman is Teflon. Nothing's gonna happen to that guy. So they're not really Definitely married to not. him anymore. They're not. So 
you know, I if he comes out and plays hard and and uses that pedigree and shows that he can put those that skill set together for 82 games, the Hawks are going to be better off for it. Uh, but that's what remains to be seen. And there's going to be a lot of dudes, like I said, really gunning for that. You know, the, the last two or three forward spots on this team. Yeah, I, I think that we obviously can look up and down the Blackhawks uh, cap friendly page or their roster page right now. And you can see a lot of different uh, permutations and a lot of different ways that this roster will kind of be able to be constructed. They obviously have a ton of center depth up the middle right now with a. Uh, you know, any lingering uncertainty going on with Jonathan Taves in terms of whether or not he's going to be ready to go for the regular season. The Blackhawks still have quite a few guys. They can obviously play up the middle. They got Tyler Johnson, Dylan Strom, Borgstrom, Gaudette, obviously Kirby Doc. They have a lot of guys they can play in that position. And then kind of the same thing's happening with Nylander now because you have Philip Kurashev who probably is going to get a real serious uh, look. You've got Oh, God, the Edmonton player that I like. Kyra. Kara. Kara. Kyra. I keep forgetting. No, you said it right. Kara. Fir- it is I Kara. keep pr- forgetting how to pronounce his first name, and I feel terrible. Um, it's off season for all of us, man. But they just they have a lot of options on the wing as well. And you even have guys like Brett Conley you can potentially play the wing as well. And mm-hmm. then, uh, obviously, Brandon Hagel, the aforementioned Brandon Hagel. I mean, you just go up and down this list, and then you have guys in the minors like Evan Barrett and Mike Hardman who are potentially going to be pushing for playing time as well. You are absolutely right that Nylander, this is his opportunity. If he doesn't seize it, he's gone. That's ultimately what it has to boil down to, and the Blackhawks have made it very clear that they intend on competing in the 2021-22 season. And if Nylander is not pulling his weight, they're not going to hesitate to uh, pull the trigger and get rid of him. And it's hard to blame them. They've been very patient with him, and now it's time for him to do what he needs to do. James, I have breaking news. The Chicago Cubs have won a game. Hey! (laughs) Uh, Had they won a game since the last time we podcasted? Uh, It's been 12 games, so I'm going to say no. I don't think so. They probably had two off days in there, right? I don't think they have. Anyway, who cares it's, about them? It's really close. It's fu- That's hilarious, though. I, I really do think it's been maybe we're the common denominator. Every day that we podcast, they win. So it's our fault. Okay, great. Super. I like to wear that on my head. Uh, speaking of uh, guys who are uh, no longer pushing for bottom six jobs, this is a deal I really like. And I really like what he did after the deal was made. We'll get to that in a second. But Brandon Hagel... Uh, locked up, and I think a lot of us were kind of like, oh, God, what are they going to do with that deal? Three years, $1.5 million cap hit. I love that because Mm -hmm. I think Hagel is the guy he was last year. I do think he's that good. Whether or not he can get a lot better than that remains to be seen, but if he does, you've still got two years of him locked up. That deal expires the same time Kane's deal expires, Taves' deal expires, Connolly's deal expires. So they've got a lot of money coming off the books at you know that year. So if he does if he does become the kind of guy who requires a big payday, I don't think it's gonna be huge. But if he becomes a three million, four million dollar player, they've got some flexibility to get that done. So love that deal. I love Brandon Hagel. I I, I was so impressed with what he bought, brought last season. I don't think anyone really expected Hagel to jump out and be that guy. He was sort of, you know, in our proverbial uh, fourth line tree at the fourth line farm. Just we all kind (laughs) of thought of him as a dude. Came out 24 points in 52 games and was just outstanding. Um, Man, I really liked Hagel's year. I really like his game. And to see him locked up, you know, 
for the for I don't want to say long term, but for the short long term, it, it's such a great deal. Everyone's got to be thrilled about that. Uh, I hate to be the guy Uh-oh. to correct you, but his contract actually exceeds the length of term left for Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taves by one season. And in fact, oh, you're right. Yeah, it's the season after one that. Of, He's only one of only five players on the Blackhawks roster right now who's actually under contract for the 2023-24 season. Jay Zawoski, can you name the other four players? Um, Debrink hit, but I think he's done. <clears throat> Sorry. Wait, that 20... is incorrect. He oh, is in, under, contract. under contract after he, that season. He'll be a restricted free agent, but he is not technically under contract for that season. So you're saying after 2023-24? No, literally twenty. The twenty twenty three twenty four season is the last year of uh, Hagel's deal. He is one of only five players that is under contract for that season. Twenty twenty three twenty four. Yep. So that is okay. You, All right, hang there, on. You hang got on. two more seasons before we get. You there. said there's four, and that includes Hagel. It does, or five that includes Hagel. There okay, are four so more. four more. Um, Seth Jones, obviously. Correct. Um, McCabe signed a. Th- Three, four-year deal, so he's there. Yep. Um, I'm trying to think. These other two are sneaky. Okay. Um. Oh, uh, what does uh, Tyler Johnson have left? Is he one of them? He's got he, three years he, left. That so, will yeah. be the final year of his deal. Yep. And. Oh, uh, Riley Stillman signed a three-year deal. That is correct. Yeah. And if you if you want to get if you want to get um uh, obviously if you want to get super technical I, I deserve that I did say uh, obviously on the roster so he's not technically on the roster yet but he is under his ELC Lucas Reichel is there obviously just not on the roster officially yet and then Michael Tepley and uh, Mike Hardman also. <laughs> Are under contract for the that season. <laughs> Wasn't Michael Tepley drafted in like 1987? I feel like that dude has been around this franchise forever. Michael Tepley improbably is only 20 years old. How? <laughs> Doesn't it feel like he's been around forever? <laughs> um, your guess is as good as mine, Jay. I have honestly no idea how that dude is. I'm looking still at it. he was drafted in twenty twenty nineteen. How? I feel like Michael Tepley's been part of things forever. I don't know why. I don't know why I feel that way. Does am I wrong does it feel that way to you too? I mean it, it always seems like he's a guy that it's like hmm He's it's one of those dudes who you're kind of questioning whether or not he's going to kind of make the jump. He's is is this going to finally be the season that we're going to see a Michael Tepley? You always kind of lumped him in with Matei Chalupa, with Reese Johnson, <laughs> with <laughs> with Mackenzie Entwistle. You kind of lump him in. He still got his ELC, which apparently is going to kick in this season if he ends up making the Blackhawks roster. It's insane to me that he's only 20 years old. I never would have guessed that in a million years. I'm going to predict we don't see him. Not really you, based on you anything. Think he, just you know. You think he's going to end up uh, heading out somewhere else along with Andre Kovalchenkovalchenkovalchenkovalchenkovalchenkovalchenkovalchenkovalchenkovalchenkovalchenkovalchenkovalchenkovalchenkovalchenkovalchenkovalchenkovalchenkovalchenkovalchenkovalch
might be the cover uh, athlete for NHL 22 this year. Wow. It's going to be a Ranger. soon, isn't it? It's coming out. I, I actually don't know, but they're doing like the big reveal on uh, Thursday. So NHL it, 16 part seven. <laughs> really? I think they are changing the engine that the game uses. So it should be at least like partially different. But yeah, I don't know. We'll see. Um, the, the jury's out. I still get it every year because I play the hell out of it because I love it. But I know that most people are like, this is the same crap every year. And I can't really argue with them. Um, so I'm paying for a roster update for the most part. But well, hopefully NHL 22 is better. Um, last little bit of to get to in terms of the contracts. Mike Hardman, another candidate for one of those bottom six slots, signs his deal. Um, another cap friendly deal not to make the cap friendly reference as I go to cap friendly (laughs) to make sure I have all the details right he's got a year under his prior contract this season 912,500 next season and the year after his cap hits only 800 grand so he's actually getting less in the new contract which is nice so um another guy another candidate to come out and you know it's hard to really make too much of a decision he played eight games last season And I don't think he ever looked like he didn't belong, you know, played physically. One of those guys willing to get in front of the net. Um, I didn't really know what to expect from him. And I think he was about, you know, what you expect a guy who starts his career at the end of the season out of college and just sort of is getting his feet wet in the NHL. But I do think he's a legitimate candidate to fight for a roster spot, whether or not he's on the opening night roster. I don't know, but I do think he will play for the Blackhawks at the NHL level this season. Yeah, it's just it's another example of that uh, formidable uh, forward depth that we were talking about. I, obviously, he has played both wing positions. I think the Blackhawks would probably envision him as being a guy who could potentially be flexible and slide a, into either the left or the right side, depending on uh, the situation of need. You do look up and down the roster. You obviously do have a few wingers who are locked in, your Debrinkits, your Kubeliks, your Hagels, etc. But then beyond that, you start to get into some kind of interesting questions because obviously you do have Alex Nylander, who I think is going to be given every opportunity to make the roster and ultimately probably will. I think the Blackhawks are sold enough on his upside to at least let him open the regular season with the team. I think where you really get into some interesting territory is with Henrik Borgstrom in in terms of forwards. Borgstrom, who you're not really sure whether or not he's going to make his debut next season with the Blackhawks, I would kind of anticipate that he will. Giving him a million dollars, I think that that's probably going to be a guy they want to see up here. But then you also look at guys like Kurashev and Gaudet, and I think those are probably more of your competition. Right. I think if you're him and – I'm interested to see what they end up doing. I'm sure there will be a lot of shuffling going on. But fortunately for us, at least this season, it's not just going to be a matter of, eh, let the kids play, nothing else effing matter. The Blackhawks obviously are very clearly going to be trying to ice their best team every single night. And they're going to give the opportunity to whichever players end up seizing it, whether it's a guy like a Nylander, whether it's a guy like Hardman, or even a youngster, a guy like uh, Evan Barrett or somebody like that. I'm really looking forward to that particular portion of camp where it's not just going to be a matter of, oh, well, who's the best out of a collection of scraps? And it's going to be more of who's actually earning these precious few jobs that are going to be available. Yeah, and I think you sort of nailed it where you said Borgstrom, Gaudet, 
Nylander, those guys are going to have the first dibs, I think. And and Borgstrom especially, I think, just like you sort of mentioned with Nylander, I think he's going to get every opportunity to to make the team, right? Like, it's, I mean, he was the centerpiece of that yes. trade when they got him. And I feel like he almost has to kind of lose the job. I feel like if they, if, in a perfect world for the Blackhawks, he would be a day one starter that they can rely on. And I think they're hoping that he can sort sort of replace what uh, Pia Suter is leaving behind. Um, I don't I don't know how realistic that is, but you know, a guy coming over from a season in Europe, not a young kid. He's 24. Not that that's old, but he's not 20, 21, like a lot of the Hawks prospects. Um, so I think he's going to get every opportunity to take that fourth line job. And um, look, I'm excited to see him. Like those are the guys I want to see, right? Like I, I don't, I have nothing against Mike Hardman. I think he can play. Like, I think he's great, but I just, you know, I know what his ceiling is, right? I, I just, I feel like Gaudette Borgstrom, those guys can actually become a little more valuable than some of these other rando fourth line guys. And if you get two of these guys to pop and become 30, 40 point guys, you're talking about a pretty formidable roster at that point, right? Like if Borgstrom and Gaudette or whatever, just winger X and center Y become legitimate contributors to the team. Like if you add two Brandon Hagels this year or more, I mean, you're talking about, I think definite playoffs and, and who knows what happens from there. Right. I don't know. It's there's, we're going to have all off season to talk about the ifs this season, but I hate to tell you this, buddy, we're less than two months from the start of the regular season. That feels like a, a lifetime. I'm sorry. I, I, but but <laughs> the know. season the season ended what three months ago we're already more than halfway there I do enjoy the shorter off season that's for sure but on July well, 1st, get to the I playoffs was, Blackhawks yeah come really. on. lengthen the season please please we, we would all appreciate that how many times have they made the playoffs since we've started doing this show like twice yeah I think that's right it's either two or three I can't remember I know so this is gonna be our seventh season I think. I think it's three and three. I think they made the playoffs three times and they did not three times. Once again, our fault. <laughs> oh, totally. Us. As soon as we start All the us. podcast, the Hawks go to hell. What a shock. But uh, yep. anyway, oh, one thing before we take a break and get to some of the um, not so great off ice news, but Tony Esposito and Troy Murray, it looks like the NHL will have um, corporate logos on their jerseys starting not this season, but the uh, the next season. So I look, I've I've never been someone who's against that. They did it on the helmets this year. Some people were upset and then stopped noticing. Uh, I think anytime something like this happens, people are like, oh, that can't tradition. And then it's a week later, everybody forgets about it and it's fine. The NBA can do it. They can put a little logo on their jersey. The NHL can do it too. Anything that's going to bring revenue to the league is a good thing. So Bring it on. I, I can't say. wait to watch the uh, Chicago victory auto wreckers. That's it's not gonna be... everyone's making. It's not going to be egregious. It's not going to be like <laughs> they're not going to be like Euro jerseys. And guess what? The Premier League, the biggest sports league on, in the, on the planet, probably the primary logo on the jersey is a corporate logo <laughs> for every team. And it's fine. The sport goes on. Giant salaries are paid and everybody's happy and uh, it's a good thing. So 
Uh, I'm all for it. I know some people will push against it. By the way, Hawks fans, be on the lookout. I got an email today from the team uh, asking for like survey feedback about in-game experience, your perception of the organization as a whole. Uh, it took probably five or seven minutes to complete. Uh, so it was, it, it, the subject is help us improve your Blackhawks experience. And it's from the Chicago Blackhawks. It did go to my promotions tab in my Gmail. But Step one, be better at hockey. Well, that was definitely part of it. So it's like the first question says something like, um, here, I can kind of go through it real quick. All the questions are of this, of this, um, you know, description. There's all these adjectives and it says describes the Blackhawks brand and you could check it and then is critically important to you. And you could check that. So authentic, exciting, affordable, welcoming, family, cutting edge, historic, winning, entertaining, reliable, fun, cool, generous, kid-friendly, original, loyalty, progressive, passion, trustworthy, timeless. And you go through all that. And then it's like, how, what is your interest level based from last summer to now? Increase, decrease, stayed the same. How do you keep up with the Hawks? Select all that apply. If you do, by the way, if you take that survey, hit that other box and say the Madhouse podcast, please. We would. Oh, dude. Yes, please do. We would greatly appreciate that. But th- it just goes on and on. So the more of those surveys you can fill out, the better. Um, that's really a good thing for for us and for the Hawks, because the more info they have, the the better they can make the experience. Yeah, you're absolutely correct. I have not. I was actually just looking for the email, which was explains the awkward pause that we just had. But I, I do intend to uh, fill that survey out, obviously. And I'm really interested to kind of, you know, give the Blackhawks a piece of my mind. Dag nabbit. They need to hear from me. They clearly don't do that often enough. Well, look, if there's something you want to tell the Hawks, they're going to be looking at this. Like it's going to be something they rip through and you can add your own comments and all that sort of stuff. Um, and and you could do all those things and you could tell them how you feel about the Brad Aldrich thing because there's a bunch of categories like what would you like to add? What should we know? So if you if you, if you want to, you know, if you've got a, a piece of your mind you want to give out, feel free to do that. Um, by the way, I want to tell you about our friends at Fry the Coop and FryTheCoop.com. Go get the best damn Nashville hot chicken you could find on the planet Earth. But you don't have to go very far. Oaklawn, Elmhurst, West Town, Prospect Heights, and Tinley Park. Chances are, if you're in the Chicagoland area, there's a Fry the Coop very, very close to you, very accessible. So make sure you check them out. I get the chicken tenders every time. I love them. I usually do two mediums and a hot because the hot is hot and will melt your face off. And there's two levels of heat above that. But if heat's not your thing, you can always order the country style. But it's not just tenders. They've got the donut chicken sandwich. Chicken and waffles, just a classic Nashville hot chicken sandwich. Anything Nashville hot, they've got it at Fry the Coop. So check them out, frythecoop.com. You can place your order online, Tinley Park, and I think Prospects Heights you can drive through. So that's super convenient. So go to Fry the Coop, give them a try. And anytime you try any of our sponsors, make sure you tell them you heard about it on the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. And James, as I was talking to you about the Blackhawk survey, Oh, no. I was reminded that the Athletic posted the results of their fan survey. So we should get to this. I think this is some content that we should share with people because they got a lot of people to fill out this poll and answer these questions. And I think that, um, you know, for those who didn't take it, 
and th that missed it, it, there's some really valuable info in there. So why don't we take a quick time out and we come back, we'll share the results of that fan survey. You're listening to the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. Welcome back into the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. Jay Zawoski here with you. I'm in Homewood. James Neveau out there in his new palatial mansion in Kankakee. This is the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. Thanks for joining us. Uh, before we took a break, I realized, forgot to f uh, share the fan survey. <laughs> it's like, oh yeah, this happened. It's been too long. I'm rusty. I'm podcast rusty. That's that's my new official name. I'm no longer Jay Zawoski. <laughs> I'm podcast rusty. I am Johnny Turndown. You are podcast rusty. Yes, exactly. I think we can sell that. I think that's very marketable. So well, anyway, I mean, we have a T public shop now for a reason. Oh yeah, we can make like uh yeah. What is it? I got to write it down. Podcast rusty and downturn Johnny, <laughs> or or Johnny turned down. Johnny turned down. Is that what it was? Yeah. That could mean a lot of things. <laughs> if we sell one of those shirts, I'll be amazed. <laughs> Well, I mean, who knows? People, our podcast listeners are kind of odd. We do have a guy that we gave a nickname to, and he ended up making it his Twitter handle. So we've got some power. Yeah, Dold Haircut Dave. That's right. Um, I missed that guy. Speaking of our T Public Shop, if you liked those uh, ice hockey designs, I hope you got one early because the Nintendo Corporation shot that crap down. <laughs> I got an email like, uh, the Nintendo Corporation has uh, filed. I'm like, oh, my God, just take it down. I don't want to get sued. I thought, like, when 40 years goes by, it becomes whatever. Who cares? So those are gone. So if you got one, you have a, a very, very limited edition shirt. But so I got far, one, the, and I'm very happy with it. So far, the EA Sports people have not gotten on me about the NHL 94 design, so let's hope it stays that way. <laughs> hey, EA Sports, bring Shut it up. <laughs> don't say anything. Someone's going to narc on us. Excuse me, Electronic Arts, you may or may not know that the Johnny Podcast. All I need from you is just a copy of NHL 22. That's all I want. Yeah. Exactly. Keep up the great work, guys. Don't narc us. Podcast Rusty and Johnny Turndown will come after you. Snitches get stitches. Right. I mean, that's the, uh, that's the motto of the podcast. Has been forever. All right. Let's get to the survey before we lose our entire audience. I ain't too late for that. So 2,500 people took this 30-question uh, survey. We're not going to get to all 30 because not, not all 30 of them are interesting. But check it out. Oh, by the way, not an ad. Just telling you, if you're a T-Mobile customer and you're listening to this on Tuesday night, which would be a very small number of you, free six-month subscription to The Athletic on your T-Mobile Tuesday app. So jump in on that, get that, and get your free six months if you're a new subscriber. Okay. James, without further ado, let's start off on the survey results. Question number one on the survey. Are the Chicago Blackhawks on the right track? Jay, have you looked recently at this number? Do you know what the number I is? Do. Of I do. Th they at 78.7% think the Blackhawks are on the right track. Well, it's, it's hard to argue with that because you've got young players you like. They made a lot of moves to become better. So I don't know how you can look at it and say no, they're not they're not on the right track. I think that's fair. I think that as you know, 
as long as we're not still calling it a rebuild, I think they're on the right track. If this is their idea of a rebuild, then obviously I would argue they're on the wrong track because you're doing it completely wrong. But I think it's pretty obvious what they're doing. And so I think I'd probably end up being in that roughly 79%. Will you bring me to question four here? Are the Blackhawks still in, quote, rebuild mode? 60.5% say no. And I think meanwhile, 39.5% of people are wrong. Yeah. So when you bring in Seth Jones, you bring in Jake McCabe and you bring in Marc-Andre Fleury, that is not the sign of a rebuild. That is trying to win right now. You can still have young players developing while you're trying to win. And I think when you're a major market team, that's what you want to see. And now that the cap has become Seabrook's deal is gone. Shaw's on long-term injured reserve. They got a little more flexibility than they'd had before. Um, but, you know, that's going to quickly be gone when Seth Jones' new deal kicks in next year. Well, I'm just saying, I think the cap will eventually go up with the new ESPN money. I hope so. And we've already seen deals that have gotten handed out, and people have already been saying, well, maybe that Seth Jones deal is just kind of jumping the market a little bit, right? Like, they're... I feel like there's been a little bit of backtracking that has happened on some of that. I still obviously think that it is kind of a bit of an overpay for a Seth Jones. But if you look at it and you say 15 top 15 defensemen in the league, that's what they're going to get. I mean, Darnell nurse just got a freaking eight year, $74 million deal with the Oilers. So clearly blue liners that are worth their weight are going to be costing a lot of money. Yeah, And Zach Wierenski signed for more than Seth Jones signed for which I thought was surprising. Which I definitely thought was surprising. But speaking of surprising, I liked this one a lot too. What are your expectations for the Blackhawks in the coming season? 77.9% of respondents think they will make the playoffs. Meanwhile, 17.1% think they will be on the outside looking in. Little sliver, the donate to charity slice of the (laughs) pie, says they'll be well out of playoff contention. And then a slightly bigger amount, I'd guess that probably about six or seven percent think or not. No, it wouldn't be that much. Probably four percent say they'll be in Stanley Cup contention. Now, this one surprised me a little bit, James. How confident are you in Jeremy Calton as a head coach? One being least confident, five being most confident. Forty one percent give Jeremy Calton a three, which I believe is the number. I, I think I actually put a two, to be honest. Um, but I, I, I am surprised. Forty one percent is a pretty high number to give him a C grade, right? Or would you call that a B? Is Because like five is A plus, right? Mm. 43 people gave him a five. How, who? That's insane to me. How? Who? How? Who are these people? I demand to know how. How many uh, athletic accounts does his wife have? I want to know. <laughs> um, what What's his Twitter name? Blackie Hubcap? Blackie Hubcap, yes. <laughs> yes. Um, but yeah, 1,022 people give him a three out of five rating, which, you know, I think that's kind of fair. It's just it's just really hard to gauge him because he's had so many built-in excuses. And while we're on that, I'm going to go to the next question. Uh, how confident are you in Stan Bowman as president of Hockey Ops? Again, 32% give him a three, but 27.3% give him a, a two. give him a one. So three, two, one are the highest totals in order. Mm. A four gets 18% and then a five gets 3.9%. This is odd to me because I would feel like with the number of people who think they're going to make the playoffs this year, you would think 
there'd be more confidence in Stan Bowman, right? Like that, you clearly, people are saying that they think the Blackhawks are heading in the right direction. They think they're going to be a playoff team. Why are you only giving Stan Bowman a two or a three then? That's a... that's an interesting uh, little bit of a uh, logical gymnastics. I feel like I think if you're that confident the Blackhawks are going to make the postseason, I think you are by default. You need to be giving him a three or a four. Well, there is, you know, there is a certain percentage of Hawks fans that will never give him credit ever. So that's automatically going to be have a mustache. I guess so. That's going to be a bunch of ones and twos, right? And then there's people who are saying like, you know what? I liked what he did this off season but I can't get over the Panarin trade and I can't get over the Seabrook deal. And I can't get over the fact that however you felt about the Corey Crawford thing, that that's the way it ended and the Robin Leonard trade and so on and so on and so on. Right? Like, so I think people are looking at it with some back history. I think I gave him a three as well. Yeah. I'd probably put the Bowman. I'd probably put it about three. I think I'd probably put Colleton at about two just for the record. And then to kind of cap off our uh, confidence, how confident are you in Rocky Wirtz as chairman of the Blackhawks? Needless to say, Chicago sports owners aren't exactly the most popular people in the world generally. Yeah. Rocky Wirtz gets 33% of the vote for four, 32% of the vote for three, and then 17.7% of the vote for five. My question is, is Rocky still in charge? It feels like Danny is the one running everything. It definitely does, and I thought that it was interesting because we had obviously talked pretty extensively about how involved Danny would be in kind of the day-to-day stuff after John McDonough uh, left the team, and it does seem like he's really kind of like taken charge. You Obviously, you still do hear from Rocky sometimes, but I think that between the pandemic and obviously between the team struggling a little bit, I think that he hasn't been kind of willing to put his face forward uh, quite as much. Um, but I just, it's astonishing to me that in a town where we're ready to light the rickets on fire and we constantly yell in the face of Virginia McCaskey, Rocky Wirtz is pretty dang popular, all things considered. Yeah. I, I mean, Rocky is 68 years old. And I think we, we look at him and think, oh, you know, younger guy, Bill's son. Um, but he's not, you know, he's not a spring. I'm not saying he's old, but I think he has begun the part of his career where he's sort of more in the background and like, Danny will get final approval on major decisions from him. But as this whole uh, Brad Alder situations come out, we've seen these internal memos sent the Blackhawks employees. They've all been signed by Danny Wirtz. So he's the guy who is truly kind of running the day-to-day oversight of the Blackhawks with Rocky sort of on high in case he needs to be referenced. Right. But uh, it seems like Danny is the guy running things now. And look, I, I, I think that Danny has done a pretty solid job this investigation puts a giant asterisk on the entire thing because we don't know what his reaction is going to be. We don't really have, and even if you want to throw Jamie Faulkner into that too, we don't really have a history with them. They haven't had a season with fans in the building, so we don't know what their day-to-day you know, game operations are like. We don't know how they run a team in terms of the marketing and in terms of like from on high. I just... This investigation is going to tell a lot. And just while we're saying it right now and while I'm thinking about it, I just want to put this on record. The fall guy for this, and I'm just guessing this is not based on anything I know. I think Al McIsaac is going to be the guy that that takes the hit for this. It just it's just an easy thing to do, right? Like he was there. He knew the most. He said he would handle it. And it's also like 
you know, the average Joe is like, oh, they fired this Al McIsaac guy. Like, okay, I don't really know who that is. Like, people that listen to this podcast know who Al McIsaac is, but I think the general public maybe has heard the name, but couldn't tell you like what his role is with the team. And it feels like a very easy fall guy if that if if they did decide to do anything, which I think they kind of have to at this point. But we'll see. We'll see how it plays out. But that that's my official prediction that Al McIsaac will be the fall guy. And again, not based on anything from a source. That's just my gut feeling. The only prediction that I uh, am going to offer for any of this is that we're all going to be dissatisfied with the outcome. Yeah. I, I just don't know what is satisfactory. Like, fire everybody who was supposedly in the meeting. And I don't know. I just don't know how. That's what should happen. I just. You I was going to say that is what should yeah, happen. Yeah, I, I, I guess if they were to, if, if this, if the invest, um, this is really hard to say because it's an investigation they're paying for. But if the truth is that Bowman knew and McIsaac knew, then Bowman and McIsaac should be fired. I think yeah. it's very simple. And the mental st- skills coach, too. We, we kind of obviously we kind of went off on a yeah, little bit of a let's get back tangent there. Yeah. yeah, let's get back to the uh, survey. I loved the Mark Andre Fleury trade one. Yeah, what grade would you give the Mark Andre <laughs> Fleury trade? Seventy-seven point six percent of Blackhawk fans gave it an A. Would you have given it an A the day that it was made, guys? Be honest with yourselves. Would you have? I'm looking at you all with judgmental eyes. I mean. If you if you're unsure he's going to play, then you can't give it an A. But the survey came out after he made the decision, so how can you give it anything but an A? Exactly. Yeah, that's what I'm saying though. Like, <laughs> like when it was made, it was like, oh, Stan Bowman just tied up seven million dollars, not knowing whether or not this guy's going to play, and free agency opens tomorrow. Like, yeah, that's not an A trade. But but I feel now like that the trade is done. Bowman yeah. had to have some indication. He had to have some indication that Flurry was going to play. He had to have some. He couldn't have just gone in there blind and be like, YOLO, let's see what happens. But, Says who? But again, even if he did, you know, I'm sort of talking myself out of what I just said, honestly, like the ultimate windsock move. Freaking Rusty uh, podcast Rusty just changed his mind here in the middle of things because he had nothing to lose, right? So if it does fall apart, he's like, well, okay, fine. I'll find another goalie. But, yeah. Man, I uh, now that it's done, I don't know how you can give it anything but an A. And twenty people gave it an F, so people are well. Weird. Those twenty people are not bright because I give I'm it just... an F for fantastic. Look, you can say he's <laughs> old. You can say he's getting behind a defense that is significantly worse. Well, okay, it's worse than Vegas's defense. Correct. We need to see how it's going to shake out with Dehan and Murphy, and then adding Jones and McCabe into the equation. I'm going to give it. I'm going to give it some time. I'm going to see what it does. I'm not saying they're going to be world beaters or anything crazy like that. You put the right pairings together, they're going to be better. I promise you. So those caveats aside, even if you just say, well, those are two massive deal-breaking caveats, that's a C then. Like, you literally just got a Vezina winning trophy goalie for nothing. Nothing. I'm just (sighs) – Even the guy you gave up remains remains in the organization. The weirdest thing ever. I, know. I don't even. I can't even I begin to describe that. I don't get it. All right, this is the one that, and maybe you haven't seen this yet, so don't scroll down yet. I won't. Which of these recently recently retired players should have their jerseys retired in the very near future? Did you Steve see this one? Steve Larmer. Did you see this one? 
No. Okay, recently retired. So these are members of the core. So I'm going to give you the names. I'm going to scatter the order just to throw you off the scent. Crawford, Sharp, Shaw, Jalmerson, Seabrook, Hosa. Now, of those names... Now, and you select more than one of these, by the way. So it wasn't like, you know, a lot of people voted for maybe all of them. Who knows? Who sure. do you think was number one on this list? Seabrook. Nope. Hosa. Hosa was number one. Oh, okay. 83.1% said Marion okay. Hosa should have his jersey retired. Number two was Brent Seabrook. Okay. 79.5. Only 60.8% said Corey Crawford should have his number retired. What is wrong with you people? It should to me it's Zebra Crawford Hosa because those two are homegrown and Hosa was not. So you're saying that Sharp, Jalmerson, Shaw, Ring of Honor? Yeah. I think they got to do something like that. I just think like you you can't have everybody retired. And I think even like sort of considering that, like Hosa might be on the outside looking in too and I I think he deserves it. But like you kind of have to draw a line somewhere because if you retire everybody, it's it every time you put a number up there, it gets less and less special. Like right. just by definition, I think you've got the built-in thing with Seabrook and Chelios, right? Now, especially since he's back in the good graces of the organization. And going to apparently every baseball oh my game God. ever. Yeah, looking very tanned, by the way. Well, he's all, he's always tanned though. But wasn't he, like my didn't he have an ant- didn't he have an Anthony Rizzo jersey at the freaking yes. Field of Dreams game? He Did a, I remember that? A poorly hung Anthony Rizzo. Because apparently Anthony Rizzo died ahead of the Field of Dreams game. Hey, that's a very White Sox tradition. You leave that alone. Pretend like after, Remember what happened when Eloy Jimenez got hurt? I did. R.I.P. Eloy. And he came back and killed the Cubs. I swear to God, man, like I started actually blocking people on Twitter who were making the thanks Cubs. I'm just I'm over it, man. I'm just yeah. that joke is so played out by now. And, and I'm like, sure we're going to get be, a bunch of emails about it. But Jesus Christ, man, like, do you want to be dunking on the Cubs fans right now? Like, come on. It's like teasing someone whose dog just died. <laughs> and it's, it's brutal. Like, yeah, we know this. This sucks horribly. We all hate it. You're all you're doing is piling on. We're all miserable. We're Cub fans. I told Addie, like, now you know this is what being a Cub fan yeah. is. And that's exactly <laughs> what, all I could think of were, like, the little six- and seven-year-olds in their World Series T-shirts. And I'm like, now you mother know what the Whoa! is. Whoa! <laughs> Damn, I got to beep that. <laughs> all right, anything else on this? Uh, on Apparently, this? I'm feeling hostile towards <laughs> children today. Apparently. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I don't want to read the whole survey because I want people to actually go and look at it. So there's a lot of other good stuff on there. So make sure you check it out uh, on theathletic.com. And remember, if you listen to this by midnight on August 17th, if you're a T-Mobile subscriber, you can get a free six-month subscription to The Athletic. Okay, um, before we get to the sad news, let's tell everybody about our friend Ken Simpson of the Simpson Law Group. He has been a huge asset for us uh, throughout this entire Brad Aldrich thing. I've leaned on him a lot for just opinions and information on like, hey, how do these things typically happen? Because we're not we're not legal people. We don't really know. We're sports guys. He also helped you out with that indecent exposure thing. He did. He made that go away. Uh, anyway, anyway, I'm going to need a lawyer soon. And when I do, I'm going to call our guy, Kent Simpson. When our next T-shirt design goes horribly wrong. Yeah. Oh, Lord. Well, Kent opened his own firm over 20 years ago after serving as a uh, as prosecutor of homicide cases and as an assistant Cook County 
state's attorney. Now he handles personal injury cases. So you're in a car accident, truck accident, whatever, injured at work, nursing home abuse, medical negligence, slip and fall cases, all those sort of things. Kent Simpson has your back. His firm's results speak for themselves with millions recovered for their clients. Simpson Law Group charges no fees unless they win for you. So call for a free consultation, 312-332-2107, 312-332-2107, or visit SinsonLawGroup.com. That's S-I-N-S-O-N LawGroup.com. Don't go off sides. Go top shelf. Call Kent Simpson now. I'm going to, as soon as this podcast is over, how much of that do I need to beep out or delete? Kent, please let me know. Um, all right. So some sad news, very hard to transition from our goofy ass read to this um, bad news. So there's no good way to do it. Uh, Tony Esposito passes away after a battle with pancreatic cancer, which is just brutal. Uh, ugh. And, you know, Tony was a guy who, um, you know, just like universally loved, always a smile on his face. Everybody had a good story about him. I wrote a chapter about him in my uh, Blackhawks book, The Big 50, The Men and Moments That Made the Chicago Blackhawks, about how big of an innovator he was in terms of equipment, uh, helmets and pads and gloves and all that stuff. Uh, But when you look at the franchise leaders in Blackhawks history, almost all the goaltending records are Tony O. And uh, he was outstanding. He was one of the pioneers of the butterfly style. And uh, it's a true Blackhawks legend. Uh, gone, you know, too soon, gone too soon. And, uh, you know, I always, I always hoped when I would go to vacation in Door County that I would run into Tony Esposito because he lived up there. And I was always sort of like everywhere I would go be like, Tony, Tony Esposito, maybe, maybe he's here at this beach. Maybe he's here. I don't know. Never saw him. I did see a current Dallas Cowboys coach, Mike McCarthy up there, which was strange. I was sitting next to him at a bonfire in Door County back when he was the Packers coach. Uh, but what'd you say to him? Um, I didn't say anything, but I was looking at him and I looked at hope and I'm like, oh. I like the context was escaping me. I'm like, who is that guy? I'm like, why do I know that guy? And I'm like, oh wait, that's Mike McCarthy. So then I like stepped away and Googled his family, which is a really creepy thing to do and saw like, <laughs> yep, those are his kids. Okay. That's him. That's, uh, that's Mike McCarthy, but I didn't say anything to him. I left him alone. Um, but yeah, Tony Esposito, a uh, true Blackhawks legend, uh, a great guy. I've met him a handful of times and just could not have been nicer. And uh, truly one of the iconic goalies in hockey history. Um, but just go back and watch some highlights of him and and read a bit. Check out my book or wherever you want to read it about his equipment innovations. It's quite remarkable. Yeah, and obviously uh, he, uh, one of the great players in Blackhawks history, was immediately tapped to be an ambassador when Rocky Wirtz took over the team and really took to that job. And I think that that's something that a lot of people are going to remember him for, is that he was always willing to shake your hand and he'll, he'd take a picture with you and chat with you for a minute. He took that ambassadorship really seriously, and he really um, embraced it when the Blackhawks welcomed him back into the fold. And I know, obviously, Stan Mikita and Bobby Hull were both brought back at that same time as ambassadors, but I thought that Tony, it, it was amazing watching him take to that role and just what a natural he was at it. It was always so cool to see him on the Jumbotron at Blackhawk games or whatever it was, and he just always seemed like the sweetest guy in the world. I never did get the chance to um, meet him. I wish I would have, obviously, but 
just have heard nothing but good things about what a gentleman he was and what a kind person he was. And it was uh, it was very sad to hear that he had passed away. And I know that a lot of Blackhawk fans who remember him obviously suiting up for the team are, you know, have fond memories of him. And I have very uh, fond memories of him. Uh, just like I said, being in that ambassadorship role for the Blackhawks and really kind of embodying what it means to be a part of that franchise. Yeah. I, I, you know what I remember too? I was just thinking about this. The uh, Benny's commercials <laughs> where he was like shopping for booze and then they would blow the goal horn and he would like pop into his goaltending position. <laughs> He's just so, so into it, like so happy to do those sort of things. And, and really anyone who's been around the Hawks for a long time, you know, probably the generation older than mine, um, man, they just, whenever you bring up that name, you just see their their eyes light up. They start to smile, and everybody's got a story about Tony O. So rest in peace, Tony Esposito. And then the other bit of news, um, Blackhawks radio analyst Troy Murray announced that he is battling cancer. Troy is someone I do know. I worked with Troy for many years on the Blackhawks broadcasts. Um, and really, before I did that, Troy was one of my first favorite Blackhawks. Like, really, when I got on board watching hockey, he was part of those teams, and he was kind of like, you know, everybody had their like the fan favorites like Ronick and Chelios, but everyone always has that sort of like secondary favorite. And that's who Troy was to me. So having the opportunity to work with Troy uh, was just amazing. And I still get to run into him every now and again, shoot him a text every now and again. And um, I know it sounds cliche as hell, but like cancer has a fight on its hands because Troy Murray is one of the toughest dudes you can ever meet. And uh, if you watched him play, you know that. But if you know him as a guy, you know it as well. And uh, just hoping for the best for Troy Murray and his family, and hopefully they can they can beat this thing. And he's back behind the mic soon because him and Weideman are tremendous together. Yeah, there there's a reason they've won awards as a uh, duo. Obviously, an incredible analyst was an incredible player. Um, I know I've had my run in with Troy Murray. I'm trying to remember what it was that he <laughs> oh, like yeah, apparently right. yeah. like I I crossed him in some way. I don't remember, and you like busted me out to him, which I, I didn't did. appreciate. What was I that? Still, I still resent this. Oh um, my god, I can't I guess remember. I can't resent it too much because obviously I don't, you know, remember specifically what was said. But yeah, apparently I disagree. Oh, oh, oh! It was the uh, 500 record <laughs> thing. Yes. And I said, I said there is no way in hell overtime losses. They still count as losses. That you're below five, and he <laughs> disagreed very strongly with me and apparently wants to beat me up so yes i found i'm gonna gonna keep that in mind (laughs) i found the tweet from the madhouse podcast account march 8th i got a text from troy murray i'm coming after james with three exclamation points (laughs) lucky you stuck up for me i hope all is well i said this is why you should always be like me and agree with troy murray on the madhouse podcast james is going to catch a random cross check one of these days so watch your back james you know what? I welcome it. Just uh, get healthy, Troy, and cross-check me at some point in the near future, man. And I, if you, I yeah, I, I can do it for him. To, you know, I, if he wants me to do it for him, he's got some other stuff on his mind. I will, I Troy, I will drive the Kankakee and I will cross-check James Navo. Just give, just give the word. <laughs> just give the word. I will be happy to do that. I'm but glad no. we got to relive that experience. <laughs> I totally forgot about that. I'm glad you remembered. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, yeah, Troy, I think he's going to be fine. I hope he's going to be fine. Uh, but we're all thinking about you, man. And, um, you know, thanks for being a friend. And hopefully, uh, you know, we'll see you soon. And more, most importantly, get behind that mic and get healthy because uh, Amen. Hawks fans love you and are going to miss you if you miss any time. So anyway, let's wrap things up, man. That was supposed to be kind of a brief podcast. And then we uh, remembered we had a major, major thing we wanted to get to. 
That's what happens in the middle of August. All right, back off. <laughs> Just be happy yeah. right here. Yeah, you jerks. Anyway, thank you so much for listening. We always appreciate it. You've been listening to the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. We'll talk to you next time. The Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast was brought to you by Fry the Coop, Triple Threat Sports, and by the Sits In Law Group. I'm Amira Rose Davis, historian and co-host of the sports podcast, Burn It All Down. And now I'm hosting the new season of American Prodigy, all about black girls in gymnastics. For the last 40 years, black gymnasts have moved from the margins to the core of the sport and changed gymnastics along the way. Now they tell their stories. You'll meet trailblazers like Diane Durham, superstars like Jordan Childs, and everyone in between. Listen to American Prodigies on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts.